pals. Hey, pals. Hello, pals. H- hello, pals. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Throw in the pals. I was a bit off rhythm Throw there, in sorry. The pal. Throw in the pals. My name is Frank. My name is Marcus. My name is Tom. <laughs> He's always going to be a bit different, doesn't he? He's always the worst. So welcome to the podcast. As we said, it's called Throwing the Pal. And, of course, the concept is we're going to throw in the pal or our opinion. It sounds aggressive. It's not as aggressive as it sounds. No, it's quite uh, jovial, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to debate films and have a good time whilst doing it. Yeah, we'll gently frisbee the pal. Okay. Moving on. So, (laughs) What's your frisbee technique? Do you do? No, it's a. a, You ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That. Wait, mine is more For like the audience. Mine is more like this. <laughs> Go. All right. And Frank, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to cut. And so we're talking about. <laughs> oh, you can't do that one. That's shit. Don't worry, darling. Okay. Well, I'm a little fretting, but yeah. go on. I'm fine. You're f- a little fretting? I'm a little fretting. Okay, sweetie. Don't worry, darling. 2022, directed by Olivia Wilde. That's what we're talking about. And of course, as you know, as our constant listener we rate films out of 11 and of course why why oh why why oh why why? do we do it out of 11 thank you again to our constant listener we're rating these out of 11 because uh well harry styles in this movie is uh a really interesting presence and without getting into spoiler territory although we always do obviously he has two different physical sort of persona in the movie and i don't know if you guys know this Every time I say, I don't know if you guys know this, you're both just like, Jesus Christ. No, it's because this is taking too long. <laughs> so long. He, uh, the way he looks in the last uh, section of the movie in the real world, uh, it took a long time to get him to look that way. Thomas. It was 11 hours <laughs> <laughs> to get him to look the way I looked when I first moved to Melbourne four years ago. That was the, that's what I they, reckon. That's what they based it on. Frank? You guys think that, that was the worst, worst one, one he's ever done? The worst. I'm cutting that. <laughs> You, you're going to cut it? That was horrendous. No, nah, it was pretty good. Keep it in. No, it wasn't. No, I, it want wasn't the, it. I want the audience to slowly, gradually build a hatred towards Thomas. Slowly, gradually. whatever. Mm. Slowly and slash. You think today's slash. the first episode they go like, <laughs> you know, this Tom guy. No, because I, I'm convinced there's ones oh, out there that do my, like you. My hatred is building and I'm really <laughs> mad at that intolerable f- in- intro. It's not even Accurate. You guys point. talking about this has now gone for longer than my <laughs> intro, just so you know. You know okay. what? Okay, shout okay, your okay. name. Shout your name if you like this movie. <gasps> Frank. Oh, interesting. I, should, I was very curious about this. I chose this film for the record. Marcus chose it. I, I liked it. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Mm. I thought it was all right. Had a good time. Obviously, everyone's like, oh, Frank's an idiot. Frank doesn't know what films are. Look at you, you disappointed bastards. <laughs> what are your scores then? Hey? I'm going to give this a generous five. Okay. That's only just under liking it. It's a generous five. Well, just give it an accurate number but instead sh- of being generous. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> I apologise. We're not here to talk critically. We're just here to make um, Harry Noises Styles without feel better. Mouths. Yeah. Thomas? Yeah? Would you like my rating? Give it a number. 3.9. Oh, that's okay. That's quite low. I wondered. Why Why do you hate it? What's going on? Should Before we, we do start that. Start with Tom? Start with Tom. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll never get a chance to why, talk again. Yeah. Why 3.9? Uh, I don't think it's a very good movie. I think it's very clunky, poorly executed. Uh, I think it's nice to look at sometimes. I think it has a lot on its mind and, uh, but, you know, shit for brains for the most part on the, mm. on the follow-through. Mm. 
I think it's pretty brain dead uh, in execution and uh, general sentiment and tone. And I think anyone who likes it is kind of an idiot. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I truly, nice. I know I shouldn't have to say this. Obviously, it's all a bit. I think that this movie has inspired a variety of opinions and there are people who like it and have, I think, an interesting take that I've actually read a little bit of. There's a New Yorker reviewer called Richard Brody, who's very well known in the States, who kind of trails. He's a bit of a troubadour of, of criticism. He kind of has his own path that he walks. And he really likes this movie. And he has some interesting reasons, but I think he ignores a lot of the flaws in it. And we can get into that. But I think it is heavily flawed and fucking boring, mostly, was my main takeaway. I was just, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, boring's a bit harsh, I think. Yeah. I think it has moments of tension building and sort of uncomfortable sort of – I mean, look, okay, so Florence Plu, uh, Plu, God damn it, it's already started. Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. Pugh Bear, has <laughs> – That's Piglet. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, no is right. What are you guys doing? <laughs> so, uh, note, I went Pugh. and saw the live Pooh Bear no, puppetry show. I did. I went and saw it yesterday at the comedy theatre um, with Kath. It was lovely. We saw, like, the puppetry of the Pooh Bear. <laughs> Frank, Frank, no, I'll tell you more Just about Just going to open up the uh, – this is Marcus's pantry. Um, <laughs> okay, no, cool. no one cares. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, shut pantry. up with your stupid you, stories. You really got that written. <laughs> In the pantry, <laughs> it's a nice. It's banner. a small pantry. Just should we quickly? Mate. Should we quickly for the listener? Uh, do a quick synopsis. Ah, then we'll jump back into what we hate about it. Yep, of course, on. Alice and her husband Jack are, hap- are a happily married couple. Jack works in a secretive workplace in a. Secluded establishment, and he tells Alice not to ask for details of the nature of his work. As Alice tries to blend in with the other families of the community in the neighborhood, she finds their behavior abnormal in some ways. She also has paranormal experiences in her home. Soon, her curiosity gets the better of her, and she walks into forbidden areas. Can you believe that was him reading it for the very first time? <laughs> I think he nailed it. Um, what, and what was the tagline? What was the tagline of this film? Don't worry, darling. It was called. It was Welcome to Victory. So, was it really? So, which it is was, a weird tagline. You could have flipped what? those, truly. Welcome to Victory. You could have called this movie Welcome to Victory and had the tagline be Don't Worry, Darling, and also, it would have worked It also well. should be Don't Worry, Comma, Darling. I don't want to – I'm not, like, nitpicking here, but uh, I'm a bit of a grammatical <laughs> no, her na- Maybe her name is Darling. Maybe it's a pet name. So don't worry, Darling. Woof. But wait, no, what are you – Don't worry. I don't know. Oh, I'm wait. Just... You just, Marcus, you're <laughs> suggesting that Darling's in the next room and they're like, we have to tell her. And he goes, no, 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 no. no don't, please don't worry. Don't we can't worry, worry her. Don't worry, Darling. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can't worry her. But, yeah. no, if it's don't worry and he's talking to her, it should be comma, comma Darling. Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I came into this film <laughs> with very low expectations. Everyone was pooping on it all over it. Um, general consensus is that this is a bad film. And then, obviously, the the – I don't know, what am I going to say? The media, the the stories around the creation of this film, the the behind-the-scenes drama of all of it overtook this film. In what uh, way? I disagree. No, you don't. Go on. <laughs> okay, so should we go through <laughs> the drama of it all before yes. we get into anything? Uh, that sure. feels like a context thing, but you can go ahead. Okay, well, Olivia Wilde directs this film, right? At the time of beginning Debut? this- Debut? Debut film? No, no, no. no. She made Booksmart. What is- Probably also on free any hugs. given day, my favourite movie of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't. Yep, sure. Don't know. Haven't seen it. It's very um, good. Continue. So Olivia Wilde directs this film. She is married to Jason Sudeikis at the time. They have two children together. They break up somewhat amicably. We're not really sure. You know, they, they, they're 
uh, public statement is that it's a mutual split and they're happy and they still care and love each other. Then that's what my parents said. Yeah, it felt unnecessary. That's <laughs> <laughs> just sad. Gosh. Tom. Then I didn't think they had to tell the public about it. I think that was the weirdest <laughs> choice they yeah, made. Yeah, they didn't even have Instagram. No. In the 50s. No. So then, so Shia LaBeouf is originally cast in the Harry Styles role. Shia mm. LaBeouf quits the film. What Olivia Wilde says that he was fired. Yeah, air, yeah, all of this is air quotes. None of it's really certain. But then Shia LaBeouf released the text messages he has from Olivia Wilde saying, please don't quit. We can make this work. Um, makes a comment about Miss Flo being Florence Pugh and how she's maybe difficult to work with and those two didn't get along. Shia LaBeouf, anyway, quits the film. We didn't have enough time to rehearse is his line. That's what he's, he was like, we can't get this right. We would not enough time to rehearse. I, I'm out. Really quick, it's not just texts. It's a video message that yes. Olivia Wilde sent saying these things that she took while driving. So it's like the most out-of-touch thing where Olivia Wilde, like, tries to pretend and do the whole cover-up PR thing later, mm-hmm. and he releases this video of her, like, one-armed driving, like, staring at the phone instead of the road, being like, no, please don't leave the film. And it's like, it's a bad look, unfortunately. It, is a, it hasn't gone well for Olivia Wilde no. in this whole thing. And, like, by the way, fuck Shia LaBeouf. I don't like Shia. I think he's a shitty person, and I'm not shocked to find that he is difficult to work with, and I'm sure, like, my sympathies, as much as it matters who cares, are with Florence Pugh here. I'm sure he was really not fun to be on a set with, as many people have made the case before. I'd agree with that. Uh, I still think he would have been a better actor. We're not talking about performance right now. No, 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 but it's, it's... it upsets me that to think that this is how that unfolded. Because it's, it's upsetting to think that they went from, look, decent actor or sometimes very good actor but problematic on set. What should we do? Well, what if we get Harry Styles? And it's like, I don't know why the that's biggest, the swing. The biggest star of all time. <laughs> yes. But like currently. Yeah. But apparently Harry Styles was the original casting. I didn't know. As in like dream casting. Like, but then he had a tour schedule, but then the tour fell through because of COVID. And then mm-hmm. so Shy quit and then Harry was, oh, I'm available. I'm free. Um, so then sounds. Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde split up. And then apparently Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles haven't, uh, start having a relationship on set. Air quotes, maybe an affair. We're not really sure. Then Jason Sudeikis serves Olivia Wilde her divorce papers, or his lawyer does, at a very public announcement she's doing a speech for the film mm. god there's so much going on and then florence Pugh didn't promote this film at all she hate she just didn't speak about it publicly i think she posted one she posted on one thing but the comment the caption was like thanks to all the crew that made this happen yeah or something vague. i heard this movie's coming out shrug emoji yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. but then olivia wilde has been like oh my god i can't wait to see florence Pugh in this movie like just singing her praises non-stop yeah. mm. um, which i think is totally valid she's ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine thing, which obviously is not what happens, but the internet just exploded. There's this video that looks like Harry Styles spits on Chris Pine. Chris yeah. Pine what do you mean? He, he looks he like it. There is no chance. There is no chance. There's this video that looks like Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. It's because it happened, <laughs> my dude. No, I know. It probably didn't, but it's fun. Of course it didn't happen. The shot of for anyone. The question we're all asking though. Schrodinger's spit, that's what it is. (laughs) Watermelon sugar, why? Right? Marcus. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not. No, 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 no. (laughs) That's not an endorsement. (laughs) I'm not going, Marcus, the best joke of all time. Marcus, that was ridiculous. Amazing. Thank you. For people who can't remember the footage, please go back and watch at the Venice Film Festival, I think. Correct. Uh, Harry walking to his seat and. 
Chris Pine applauding and then whatever looks like it happens, like Harry leans forward, it looks like something falls forward and lands on Chris and Chris stops clapping, looks at his lap and makes a face that can only be described as, well, goddamn, Harry Styles just spat on me. Now, obviously, that's probably not what happened. Chris Pine says he was clapping and then realised he'd, like, dropped his sunnies or saw his sunnies in his crotch. He's like, ooh, 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 and don't want to break my sunnies. To which it's kind of like... That's not what that looks like. It's, it feels like there's something that happened there, whether he's spat on him or not. The video. funny bit for me is when Harry Styles and Chris Pine are doing the press conference together and Harry Styles says, like, my favourite thing about a movie is, like, it really feels like a movie, you know? Yeah. It feels like a film. It's a real Like a movie. real movie. Yeah. Just don't and Chris get Pine him is into like, interviews. Shut, yeah. shut yeah. the fuck up. Yes. Yeah. And the, Language. the photo of Chris <laughs> Pine with his headphones on at the Venice Film Festival just yeah. staring off into nothingness. Just dead eyes. Yes. But I can All imagine good. poor Chris Pine, like, you know, he's had a really tough life. No, but working on this film would have been maybe exhausting, maybe with Olivia yeah, Wilde, the Sudeikis, so the Harrison. Chris Pine is a, a absolutely He's a gem. God, he looks good in this film. He's better looking than Brad Pitt. Mm. Just going to say it. No. (laughs) Facially maybe. Facially maybe, but Chris, no, Brad Pitt, (laughs) the whole package. (laughs) Woof. Chris Pine Pine is this small. He's got a little book. Photos of both. He's got his poster, yeah. 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 (laughs) Chris Pine's tiny little waist scares me. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Okay, well, for this for the scene where we first meet Frank, mm. great name, in the <laughs> film, Chris Pine comes out and he's wearing his bowling shirt and his tight black pants. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed the size of his waist in that. I was watching no, the acting. It was yeah. I didn't have my measuring tape out at the time. <laughs> okay, guys, you understand how to read size with your eyeballs? No, I really of, don't think we do. Comparatively, <laughs> comparatively to his shoulders, no, his waist is this big. All right. This is the greatest setup of all time. Okay, so that's the ba- that's the backstage <laughs> yeah. drama. Okay, obviously making of this making this film yeah. was really hard. Yes. Amazing, Florence yeah, Pugh. Great. He, yeah, refused to promote it and stuff like that, and now has moved on tremendously and gone on to other things. I believe Olivia and Harry like broke up right after the film. Premiered yeah, it was it was obviously an onset fling. Essentially, yes. they, they didn't they didn't last. The the tabloid sensation around this movie <laughs> last year. I know the word tabloid. I want to talk about the movie. I know. We have <laughs> to get some context. Here's though. the thing. You said before you disagree that this movie's behind the scenes, uh, like the calumny and everything going on, was bigger than it and dwarfed it. I really do think it did. I, uh, I read so little about Once the movie came out, people went, oh. But that, wait, so you it, during this watching of this film- mm. I don't you mean it dwarfed took it. all of that into oh, no, account. No, 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 not that it dwarfed it for me. The story, like the the. In the but me- that's what we're talking in the me- about. No, no, here. but sorry. In the media and with the the public eye, all you heard about was the drama. You didn't hear about the film, yeah. the craft, the story. You didn't hear about that. You heard about the drama at to Venice. To be fair, in my defence, I only knew about the Harry Styles supposed spit in the lap, and it was out of context for me. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that's about. Okay, and then I watched the film. Well, you I'm hearing to, a lot of this for the first time. You need to plug time. in, I'll tell you that. Ev- no, 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 I don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you do it. I agree. It is the dumbest of stuff that was surrounding it. It's true. What are you talking about? This care. is my entire life. Yeah, yeah, checks out. But I <laughs> I was um, I, I was very much like reading about film news, things coming out of Venice and Tiff and all that last year, and it was impossible to avoid the conversation of 
and people talking about what's going on with Don't Worry Darling and people like, oh, the movie, and they're like, fuck the movie, who cares about the movie, what's going on with the behind-the-scenes stuff and the drama. It was just so over the top. And the trailer when it first came out made a pretty big sensation and then immediately people didn't care about the content of it. And then, yeah, it came out and everyone was like, yeah, it's bad, who cares? Like the actual story of the film itself was such a wet fart. Like it didn't really lead anywhere. Well, I'm glad you brought the film up. That's really... I think... (laughs) We can talk about it now. Uh, it shows how much I, I just don't like it very much. And but like, I think I yeah I think you're giving it you're giving it a bad rap. I feel like it's not in it's not incredibly groundbreaking. It's not like this mind blowing film and story that you've never heard before. But I think it is a nice nice is not the right word. word. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's fairly well made. I think it's really well performed, and I think. There's a few bits where you wish you had a bit more around the context of what is actually happening. So, spoiler alert, Florence Pugh is in a simulation, you would call it. Her boyfriend has... I mean, yes, we find this out Or a virtual reality situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're living in a 1950s Stepford Wives sort of situation. They all live in a cul-de-sac and they're all best friends and they drink and party together and they'll have wonderful jobs and everything goes perfectly for them. Yeah. And it sort of spirals and unravels and gets out of control quite quickly. And then in the end, you realise that Harry Styles' character has drugged Florence Pugh. She's got the Stanley Kubrick. Um, yeah, actually, that's a I good thing. point. There's a name for that, and I should know it. But I can't oh, have... from uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is actually the, the eyes are clasped open. That's gonna... that, that torture. The non-blinkers. And a form yeah. of actual, like, visual therapy as well, mm. the conversion mm. and stuff. God, that's really annoying. I used to know the name anyway, of that. But, yes, you, absolutely ha- right. you can Google it right now. I can't. I don't have any means. <laughs> Anyway, so that's that's the story. So she's obviously trying to get out and has this journey where she's being rebellious and it feels like they're in a cult. They're living in this sort of well, she town. She has this, this light bulb awakening sort of moment. Of Way like, too s- early. That's, that's what I will say about the film. She spirals and unravels within like 30 minutes. We've had one day in this in this. You know, the, in the world. Well, she sees someone else going through what she ultimately ends up going through. I feel yeah. like I'm defending this point, but... She yeah. sees someone who's already having their freak out. Yeah. They, they've understood that where they are is not natural and they're, they're not sure how to communicate that. Yeah. And so she witnesses that. She's the only one that goes, well, hang on, why is no one, why why is no no one, one noticing this? Yeah. And it's weird because, like, the, the, the first girl you see go through it is talking about how her, daughter, her son, they, they walk out to the desert and the son just disappears, mm. which my question is, where did the son go? If it's a simulation, do they just code him out? Like, did they recode him? The kid's gone. I wish we got to. Sorry, Tom. Well, no, they, they just did. make him into a bus driver. No, no. <laughs> so he's just like gets yep. a new asset. It's like, howdy, ladies. It's like, I swear to God, that kid used to live next door. Like, he's so grown know, up now. He's so, look at him. You know. I'm guessing they didn't code him out per se. They used him as an example of don't go out there because you will go missing. But I think yeah, it's like a it's like a fear based thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but they yeah. they it's a control as in like what happened to his body and where does he? And it's like right, the people who made it because Margaret claims who is Florence Pugh's friend who as we don't they've got a really in depth relationship. It's very well fleshed out. It's really the backbone of the movie. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, Sarcasm. Is, I I can read it. Really, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, Margaret's. Yeah, they say yeah he was removed to punish her. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, but, yeah, Margaret. And Margaret, all we see of her is just pretty unhinged. And I shouldn't say, obviously, the whole movie is a, a gaslighting experiment on all the women. Yeah, but so the, more hmm. than unhinged, really reacting properly to the reality of the world. Quite hinged, that in itself you could doesn't say. make sense. Like, if they've got the ability to rewire these girls 
when they, you know, step out of place or they misbehave or whatever it is, mm. to help them forget again, which in the whole concept there really bugs me. It didn't make sense to me how they, like, wiped these memories and how they were keeping this control. Because mm. really if you're put into a simulation, it's like, well, what am I doing here? How did I get here? What What mm. is this? Like they what? are convinced that they are of that time and this is their world. There are a few, there are a few flaws in that way. It's like... The, the scene where Florence Pugh is going at Chris Pine being like, hey, she's going at the other couples. How did you guys meet? Oh, he picked up your train ticket on a train. and On the way to Boston, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. they all have the same backstory, which is bad coding from Chris Pine. If he's like... No, say it as it is. It's dumb. It's, it's really dumb. If well, they've gone to the extent well, of building well, this world... There's so much wrong with this. Well, it's just, maybe it's just in beta it's testing. It's so you know poorly I mean? thought out. Yeah, maybe that, it's really you're new. really going to take that risk. Yeah, why not? You got to sure. test it on someone. Just in the beta it's, stage. If like, you, okay, if you've got a woman you could readily kidnap, we'd really appreciate Answer it. Answer me this: where, where do the guys go during the day? What do the girls think the guys are doing well, during the day? I'm not. Well, they just go to their. Wait, where do the girls think? Should yeah, they they're go? going to work, right? Yeah, and in they, the their work mine is some of sort some of kind. Secret army base. Yeah mission project thing that they're doing, yeah. right? So if you're going to hide effectively what is the only way in and out of this simulation, which is some tower above above a, a mountain, yes, you're not going to put that behind a armed gate that's protected, or just put it out of put it out of the code view. If you're if you're living in a digital like, simulation, he's on board. Some fucking, no, we've I know. got him. The, and the we've thing, got some game <laughs> dev discussion going on here. As but well. this is what I think. The the, the prob- kind. The of problem with the film, I gave it a seven point five. The problem with the film is that the concept is a little weak. Yeah, but it's. But Ste- I think it's Stepford Wives meets Truman Show meets. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and the Matrix and the Matrix and the Matrix, which is interesting yeah. because Counter Reese isn't in it. Yes, that is the most interesting thing about <laughs> He's it. Learned He's learned busy with cyberpunk. Um, yeah. movie, the, a movie. It's a game, Frank. A game that was- I love games. In case you were confused. Almost yeah. as glitched out as this movie when it got released. Yeah, so so um, Marcus, you made a reference to the idea that Barbie, uh, probably a couple of months back now mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. our episode list, was a bit of a Truman Show meets The Matrix meets et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, sure. And I kind of feel this movie more- so, Not that I, I didn't see your point there with the Barbie, I, Barbie movie, rather, I did- but I think this movie is dealing with similar themes. And I know you didn't like Barbie. I quite like Barbie's approach to it. Obviously, very different tones, very different genres. But this, to me, is a lunk-headed version of that, mm. where it's like, I just don't see what is gained from this positioning of this sort of story, of the, tw- the twist, which was, I found, incredibly, I will admit here, I knew what was coming. Now, whether or not you could lay that down and say, well, can you enjoy a movie if you know the twist? I've watched plenty no, of- it's m- Thomas. I'm intelligent. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no, 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 no. I read about it. <laughs> uh, someone told you. I, now, I feel like- To be fair, I am intelligent, but <laughs> well, I read- the- <laughs> I feel like knowing the twist is going to ruin it for you because that's that's the question you keep asking. But then why show I, it at the three-quarter way mark? That bothered me too. Why don't because you want some that- sort of resolve. I and you want to see all that at the end. I think it would have been much nicer to have the reveal at the very end, where you see her awaken. Well, not even see it, but like you, you, you get all of that sort of fed information at the end, so that you kind of go oh, right at the final hurdle. Oh, yeah, counter, I don't yeah. know. Counter proposal. Sure. Show it a quarter of the way in. 
a quarter. 15 minutes, 20 mm. minutes of the movie taking place in this scenario where mm. we're like, well, this is weird and something's wrong. Mm. And then we discover that she's stuck in this world and okay. she has to find a way out. And whether they keep- And she doesn't really know yet, but she knows something's wrong. But she we knows something's know. up. We know whether there's the dramatic irony there, whether they keep rewiring her and we have to keep watching her try to find a way out. But I think that yeah. suspension of, ooh, look at all this weird stuff happening to her- is not oh, interesting enough. We as the audience will start to see things that are out of order and or unnatural. And we go, right? I know what's happening here and the tension is created by the fact, not that sh- we both don't know what's going on, but that we know what's going on and we watch her try to fight against it. And then you can introduce weirder shit because once we know it's a simulation, you can make stuff happen in it where we're like, well, I know why that's happening. Well, my question my mm. question is, for example, mm. when she kind of knows what's going on, she gets smushed between the window and the bookshelf. A scene I like. Great shot. Visually, Incredible shot. Yes. I would say the production design sets. and the sh- the, sh- the camera, cinematography, camera cinematography. Set all good. All good. Looks awesome. It, looks Florence so Pugh. good. What are you going to do? It's Florence Pugh. She might be one of the 10 most talented actors working right now. Of In her, this current of, generation, of honestly. She is so good. She cannot half-ass something. It's, it's incredible. Oh, this was the work. point I was making uh, before. I'm sure she will at some it. point. She will probably eventually, but she hasn't yet. Not well, in anything I've seen. With the um, we got lost with the Winnie the Pooh shit before when I was trying to make this point, but uh, we she... went on a lovely little hike <laughs> with the Winnie the Pooh stuff earlier. We're getting lost again. We're getting lost. Bring him back. Um, <laughs> she plays a very similar character in a sense, or, or same situation that we see in Midsummer, where you've got an entire community that she's being gaslighted. And she knows something's wrong. She's like, why is no one else experiencing what I'm experiencing and what yeah. is happening? And She's great at playing it's, the it's character a- that knows, like she can figure stuff out. Yes. She and, got- she, and you ultimately see her either overcome or not this battle mm-hmm. and, and win or not, you know. And I think that she plays that very well as a strong female um, heroine. Right. Mm. I think also the psychedelia of a movie like Midsummer. I think it is a good comparison because that's a movie where we're caught off guard by what's going on, but it's a movie that we keep finding more and more really specifically idiosyncratically strange things going on in it. Mm. And by the end, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, they put her ex-boyfriend in a bear skin and they burn a hut down around him while she smiles, tripping out on acid. What happens in Midsummer? Sorry, yeah, no, sorry, that's, that's, sorry. that's, that's more behind that the scenes drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, it was, it's a crazy, and it's a movie that just keeps escalating, whereas this movie feels like visually interesting details and significant things, but you just kind of keep going like, well, I know this world, I, I think I have to try and put myself in the frame of someone who didn't know the twist, even though I'll argue and we, we can talk mm. about it a bit later. Mm. I've seen movies where I've known the twist and loved them and thought they were great. Which ones? I loved the sixth sense. Of course I knew that he was dead and that he saw dead people. I um, loved the usual suspects. Of course I knew that he was Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze! A lot of those movies, you can't really avoid it, right? Like, you know, I- Fight Club. Fight Club. Of course I knew that Tyler Durden was in his head. I really? watched a lot of these movies when I was like 13, 14. I was an online person. I, these things were impossible to avoid. Which right? is a real oh, sh- That's a real So shame. you mean you couldn't figure it out? Not that I figured it out. It's that I <laughs> oh, knew the twist I was like, because I Because I'm an intelligent person. No, because I watched the- That, that's voice, really, that voice is not great. That makes me that's really, really sad for you though. Uh, I guess, you know, I didn't know. I was just very, very briefly, I know. But I was uh, reading about Seven the other day and I rewatched it for the billionth time. Mm. The number? And I do remember thinking, yes, and you know why it? he's afraid of- Because Seven, Eight, Nine. <laughs> Tom, you just got tommed. You just got tommed so hard and you hated every minute of it. That's Look. what that feels like. <laughs> Sorry, continue. You rewrote Seven. Have you seen Seven? You would hate it, Frank. Have you seen Seven? Of course I've seen Seven. Oh, okay, all right. I see that part. 
There we go. There we go. I'm not convinced. That's, <laughs> that's, is that continue? John? Continue. That's what Morgan Freeman I says. I thought I was so excited that I got to watch that movie without knowing where that was going. Oh, good. And it's and it's like definitely that changes things. Anyway, all that said, people watching this movie for the first time, which you guys did and presumably didn't know the twist, did you not? Correct. Did you not go? Well, there's something weird going on with this world, and it's probably a fake world. Or it's probably of like- course. Yeah, I thought it was like the village. So that's the, what I thought it was going to be. That's an interesting comparison, yep. a movie yep. I really like, but I do agree. It has that kind of like, I do agree. Why I can't we it, leave? What's going on outside of the borders? Yeah, yes. it's cult control. That's classic. Why right? is there planes flying through the air and crashing? But why does the plane go- blah, 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 And blah, blah, blah. we still go like, so why did that happen? Why did well, that happen? That's that's my question. Because like, it's a why why did simulation? you get smushed between the glass? Yeah, it's a beta version. That's what it is. The technology is not ready. It's it's a lot of <sighs> things that have to get explained in a very rush rush yada yada at the end when her and Harry Styles are yelling at each other, and she's like, "Oh my god, the kids!" And he's like, "No, no, no, Alice, the keys aren't real," you know. And it's just kind of that's Harry Styles. Perfect. I don't know. This is like, and it's like, why it's does that have to be yada yada yeah. away? And then Olivia Wilde comes in and's like, "I've known the whole time, but I'm here because of my children. If a man dies here, he dies in real life. This is the Matrix." It's, it's a like, lot of like, what is all it's this exposition yeah. dumped in a really dramatic I hate way? That yeah. shit at the end, it's terrible. I think that some of the only truly effective bits of the movie are the totally out of context visuals that could have been a music video. The second time in a few weeks we've yeah. talked about this, but the Busby, Busby Berkeley sort of uh, girls lying down and the legs rotating. The synchronised dancing that looks like an eyeball. Yes. Yeah. Stunning. Loved that looks stuff. Looks so good. I Loved. still don't understand that. It's just a thing that they It's like the loading sh- screen. That's the, yeah, the, the visuals that are above them in the bed, right? When yeah. they're on yeah. But that's what it would be the but loading see, screen for the simulation. You see him loading. She's already in. Yes, you but her eyes, are, her eyes are permanently open because of the- yeah, yeah. God, I thought I was going to shock myself into remembering what it was there, but the, the clockwork orange eye. But things. she's already, sorry, she's already loaded in. Yeah. And it's only when he decides to load in and join her that that visual starts. Because before then, it's not. Yes. So I'm wondering what what's the purpose of it then? That's an interesting thing. Maybe there's well, all these things are questions that we're asking. That it's like the movie doesn't answer, and in a better movie, we'd go, "Wow, it's really interesting because that they don't fully explain well, the technology." It's but either, either you leave it entirely. No, I agree. In a shitty movie, you go, "What the fuck? None of that makes any sense." Which I do with this. This film is I a f- victim to its own setup. It just it gives you all these little bits, and then it just it gave it it gave us lines. too many bits. It gave us too many bits. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. But I still, I still found it compelling. I still find the relationships and the, I guess, the deconstruction of, you know, archetypal relationships, man and woman, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, the feminist narrative. It's, a, it's on the nose, of course. But, yeah, but so is like, Barbie, and I really liked Barbie. Yeah. I thought it was funnier. I thought it was a more cohesive movie. I thought it yeah, had a better, like, I'm not, like um, aesthetic to it. But it's a movie we both liked. It's, it's so interesting because now watching this, yeah. I actually want to rate Barbie higher. Yeah. I think Barbie's an infinitely Now that I understand this. what the comparison is, if you're trying to drive a similar message mm. in a weird way, Barbie <laughs> nails it compared I, to this. This is nothing. And I think this is an interesting thought experiment that wasn't pulled off very well. But I agree with everything Frank was just saying of like, yeah, the message about like patriarchy, the fact that men, especially represented by the real world Harry Styles, it's not that these are men who are going out and accosting women, random women, that they're going out and committing assault or, or terrible things upon randoms. It's that within their own relationships, mm. they're feeling demoralised and feel as if their own position that's been guaranteed by a systemic patriot, uh, patriarchy for so many years is now eroding and they need to re-establish that and they need to, like, simulate or, or artificially make it so they are the alpha again. Yeah, and I they think- have to keep their relationship in check yes. and keep... 
keep a hold of this thing that they love. It's this weird, like, the possessive nature of of the relationship. Yeah. It's it's obviously disgusting and horrible, but it it's it's an interesting um, take on it because you don't see it that often. I would no. say someone sits down and pitches this to me and goes like, "I'm thinking of this movie that deals with this, and they're going to be in a virtual world." I would go that that is a really interesting idea. I think it's a good metaphor. I don't know how you'd pull it off. And then this movie gets made, and I'm like, yeah, that that would be well, my I- biggest. I don't know how this premise. I don't have an answer for how to do this premise better except for the reveal comes earlier and the movie is less about teasing it and more mm. about dealing with the reality of it and her being stuck in it because I Or, or yeah. she gets out and we have the third act is real world. Maybe. That could, you know, that could be sure. something as well. But, again, we've seen Stepford Wives. Yes, yeah, Stepford Wives is like, a very big that comparison. that film happened. Yeah. Matthew Broderick. It's actually quite a good film and I'm not a Cole Kidman fan but, like, I, love it. I think no that film does everything that this film tried to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just love but this is like a darker twist on it, and I feel like yep. it, it's trying to be like a Kubrick sort of thing. It's trying to be this really twisted mystery. Mm. Well, then, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't. It just doesn't land. Yeah, it's not quite right. But Katie Silverman, who wrote it, who also mm. was one of the four writers on Booksmart, yes, and so I'm assuming you know a bit about her. Uh, not a lot, actually, because it was her and the two brothers. Yes, I did know this as well. Carrie Van Dyke and Shane Van Dyke, mm. who wrote it, who are also actors in um, like Sharknado and heaps <laughs> of really like <laughs> better movies really? than this. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what we say that? Harsh. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's very interesting to say, like, at least they know what they are. Yeah. Tom, you've said, like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. There's no but, character called Frank in Sharknado. That's what he doesn't like about it. Well, Chris Pine plays Frank. How can I not be happy? Exactly. And Guys. he's the one who's a really cool guy that everyone loves in this movie. Just checking. Um, If you stay in the world. It's called play- <laughs> yeah, playing a character. I'm plugged in, man. I'm right in there. Yeah. <laughs> they call me Nick Kroll. No, I don't finish, know. Did you have a point to finish there? I'm well, sorry. I want to ask about Katie Silverman because she wrote it. Mm-hmm. She wrote Booksmart. Well, she's, you know, in the writing team that wrote this. What failed between Booksmart and now? With Olivia Wilde as well. Yes. I think Olivia Wilde is really, really suited to quick-witted exchanges. I think she's really, really good in this movie herself as the bunny who she portrays. I think her and Florence carry the film. I Weirdly think. have great chemistry given that they apparently hated each other. Yeah, yeah. but that's, that's half the tension. Like these characters are... Sort of opposing yes. views. But they're both very good actresses too. They're just doing the job. Olivia. Absolutely. Um, Olivia. And she plays the crazy-eyed uh, zealot mm. really well. Mm. When it comes to that, I think she does okay. Like I know she has to sell the drama of it. It's a big like reveal. Sometimes I hate it when Tom dislikes things because he's so like You just don't good like people disagreeing with you, Frank. There's <laughs> <laughs> that too. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, I think that Olivia Wilde's very funny in this movie, in the scenes where she's, like, talking to her children and she's like, no, stop. And then she goes over and she's like, that's it, I'm calling Santa, you know, like, and it's moments that maybe were in the script but if they weren't, like, feel very very lived in by her. Mm. And they sell a lot of the things that are, that I think are sold by Booksmart, which you guys haven't seen. You have seen it? I have not. not. Booksmart is an incredibly heartfelt but also very, very witty and a little bit sort of sardonic take on high school that subverts the expectation of, like, cliques. 
and the idea that there is a hierarchy. Hmm. This is a movie <clears> that <throat> Mean is, Girls. <clears throat> Sorry. I think Mean Girls is all about clicks and hierarchy. So <laughs> I'm not too sure what you mean. But well, right. I want my pink shirt back. I want my pink shirt <laughs> back. But I don't know. Continue. I, whereas I find this movie to be engaging with previously established ideas, yes, about patriarchy and about uh, different like power dynamics, but also, yes, Truman Show sort of dynamics and Stepford Wives and sci-fi, like dystopian, uh, you know, drama. Do you think it's trying to do too much, to be too many things? Yeah, and I think- Wearing too many hats. And I think Mm. it's that Olivia Wilde kept looking at the script maybe and going, I've got a bit for that. I think that'll look great. When the wall starts pushing in on Florence Pugh from behind, I had five seconds where I was like, how how is the lens doing that? Because I thought it was an in-camera thing where it's like somehow the lens is- making the wall zoom. Sure. Mm. And then once I realised the wall was moving, I was like, that's genius. It like, looks I, incredible. It looked great. Mm. Her starting to cling wrap herself. Ugh. Some of the, some of the freak out moments, some of just the abruptness of them are great. Even though I think eventually it's not very well done when she first gets taken away by the men in the red outfits, not mm-hmm. the first time, but when she gets in the car with Harry Styles yeah. and they suddenly appear and she's being, and she's like, "Baby, I'll do, I'll be better, I'll be better. I swear, I'll be better." And she's like in tears. I was like, "This is very upsetting, but effective." Mm. I think at the end of the movie, when those guys all just show up near the houses, and they're like, "No, oh, we gotta get her." It's like that looks fucking stupid. Yeah. And they're the, running up the hill. The Oompa Loompa army. That's Kath was like, "It's the Oompa Loompas." And so we're watching it. Like, <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does lose a little bit of weight. It's very yeah. silly. The but- fact that she's sprinting. Running and they're in the cars and they still don't catch her. Oh yeah, like it's Forrest Gump all over again. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's the fastest man alive. It's that I don't think Olivia Wilde gets enough opportunity in this movie to delve into true characterization, dialogue with like anything that has a truth to it behind the characters' motivations. However, there are some scenes. I really quite like the dinner scene, which everyone sort of talks about. Yeah, it is a good scene. I think it kind of goes off the rails near the end. But I think even though you're right logically, why do they just give them all the same backstory? Once she's once Florence Pugh is asking those questions and challenging Chris Pine, even actually him coming into the kitchen behind her and going, I'm sorry, Bunny didn't believe you but you didn't believe Margaret. I was like, well, this is great. Like, yeah. this, this is, is it. And I'll be waiting for someone like you to it's challenge It's such a me. great That's character-driven scene, yes. that moment, because it is it's full of tension. Yeah. It's, you're wondering at what point is it going to explode, mm. which direction is this going to go. I still, and who's in control, who's you in, know? And it is a well? power play, yeah. absolutely. Because Florence is the lead. And it's like, the only time that Chris gets to truly shine in this film, because outside of that, he's underutilised and wasted. I think his speeches are very weakly written. I think they're not particularly dynamically shot. I think the scene where he gets Harry Styles up to dance for everyone is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. What the fuck is going on in that scene? Also, he doesn't know how to use a microphone. Nope. Nope. I'm just saying. Very upsetting. He's holding SM55. Yeah, he's he's talking to the side of it. I've got some early trivia for uh, either of you. Early you trivia. Know. Early trivia because I've got another bit of trivia. It's 7 a.m. 7 a.m. and here's the trivia today. Go for it. Uh, when they've got the dance number by the burlesque dancer mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. martini glass. Tita Von Tees. Good work, Marcus. Thank you. That's why I didn't pick that one because I thought Marcus would know it. Who's Tita Von Tees? Tita Von Tees. She's the greatest uh, cabaret strip dancer of all time, does the whole martini glass thing and she's like... She's iconic, yeah. Yeah. like truly, and yeah. ageless. Yes, she is like when late I saw 40s her, maybe I now. went, I immediately went, 
oh, this has to be someone playing Dita Von Tees. That's exactly what I, I was like. Well, that's not Dita Von Tees, no. but it looks like her. And I looked it up and that's Dita Von Tees? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Insane. She does a really good job. I like uh, her scene and the dancing, like, for reasons beyond the obvious. I just think it's, yeah, like, she's very talented. I think Harry Styles' dancing is silly. I think the intercut with Florence. Well, can we talk about Harry Styles, Harry Styles for a second? Harry Styles not even awful in this movie. He's not even bad enough to be awful. He's so fucking nothing I think movie. he has, look, he, he look, the camera loves him. Like, he looks really he good. shoots, like, f- photographs amazingly. Yeah. Him and Florence Pugh both. They look great on paper. But then he talks. And he fucking talks. Okay. And you, oh, you're on. both wrong. Oh, he's we've had a he's point. surprisingly good in this. Okay, he's, you're, you're surprisingly I think he's, good in this. <laughs> Go on, pod. Thank you. <laughs> Harry Styles looks great. I disagree with both of you. I guess. <laughs> I think I think he's as a as like he's done what three films at this stage? Dunkirk. 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 He did another movie this same year that I can't. No one remembers the name of. My policeman. That's right. The policeman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone hates it. Everyone says it's. If a you're going to put him in, uh, I don't know, some sort of Netflix special or a rom com or something like that, go for gold. Don't put him up against the likes of Florence Pugh or Olivia Wilde or Chris Pine and expect him to be at that level. I think he's. I think he was fine. I think he was fine. I think, I think he held his own. Absolutely not. No, I agree with Mark. They didn't give him. They didn't give him a heap to do. But I thought he was wonderful in. The the first half of the movie, absolutely fine, where he's playing the uh, the proper Jack or the you know the fifties Jack. He the looks Jack. incredible. The British Jack, yeah, he looks great. The scene where he's making dinner for Florence Pugh and he's like running around and 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 dropping stuff. He's very natural. He's some flicks. There's some flick. There's some moments. I'm not going to say that he's. I I disagree with Tom in saying that he's. Bad from start to finish. No, and I think my, he's. My thing- I think he's really good. He's not given enough to do. Yeah. To be honest, the one scene that mm. I was like, he's not. He's not hitting the same mark. Is when he's when Florence Pugh's getting pulled out of the car, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and he just keeps repeating, "I'm sorry," and then he screams, "Fuck!" But sh- Florence Pugh is Oscar worthy in that scene. She she's just incredible. Scene. It's a very upsetting scene. She she goes through a range. And she's feeling all these things, and she's awesome. But I think technically, like there are a lot of things that um, Harry's doing. He's he's steady. He's calm. His eye contact is amazing. Like there are a lot of things that you go. Well, it's his third film. But that's what I mean. You've set him up to fail. I just don't. think You that- haven't. He hasn't failed. He's done Critically? fine. Critically, Are you telling I think me if someone's in this movie, they have by definition failed. Unfortunately, that's not. That's, but that's not Harry's fault. That's not Harry's fault. No, is but it? The, okay. This is another bit of um, sort of off offset stuff. Is that I heard is that he was terrible. Like it is widely known by audiences that he was probably the worst part of this film. It wasn't just me feeling that. I think he's the worst. I think he's the worst major performance. And I want to go back on like I don't again think he's awful or or even terrible, but he is. So unremarkable. He is so right down the middle, perfunctory. It does nothing. It's slight. It's water off a duck's back. It's just nothing. It doesn't register. It's not bad enough for me to go. How fucking bad is Harry? Well, that's this? it. Like it's not even fun. If it's you recast just, him, it's not going to save the film. It could do anything. It would well, push it in either direction beyond like the exact center of beige that he is. Yeah. He is an android in this movie, and it bugs the shit out of me that he's not something. Something. Be terrible. Just don't be so fucking boring. 
I what? sound really angry. You guys angry are so, you're such I'm real, real shit. Yeah, you know what? Put, I, I do. I do sound really. It's angry. okay to be jealous. He's very talented. He's good looking, and you're he's right. a better actor than all three of us. That's a so. Very let's good just point. say that. You know what I mean? It's like Marcus is offended. offended. But here's the thing: he's up against Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, and Florence Pugh, and he, in my opinion, he holds his own. He's not given enough to do, and I feel like in five years we'll see a couple of other films he's done and they'll give him more to do and he'll be better. There's and he will have more than three films under his belt and he'll have more experience and he'll be great. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with if you. If there's I, I any like chance see... you could, like, let us go just now, like yeah. my collar is <laughs> oh, so a little bit ruffled. You know oh, what? My throat. <laughs> I, I'm You're sorry that I voiced my opinion and you didn't I, um, agree with it, so now I'm strangling I like, you. I like Harry Styles. I like Harry Styles. Who doesn't? No, but I think he's a great guy. I think he's liked. Like, am I right in saying oh, he's that? He's fucking – he's adored. Yeah, so like adore just let me adore you. I don't have yeah. an issue with him at all and I, I, I wish the best for him. I really hope. He's, no, no, no. he's doing okay. I think, I think he's doing you fine. Need to, you need to worry about it. I don't want him spitting on anymore. He definitely, like, gets, his, <laughs> he definitely gets his watermelon I sugar in this film, you know what I mean? hope. That he does progress to be the actor that you already think he is. Yeah, I think he will. Okay, he's got presence uh, when he doesn't speak. I agree with you, what Marcus. Say again. What did he get? In the presence, <laughs> did he unwrap him? Is it Christmas? He does hate it. He doesn't like it being Look thrown at him. back yeah, on he's him. A, oh, well, I'm not saying presents. I mean, presents isn't like a screen <laughs> presence. <laughs> Uh, hey, I got another question too. So these tremors that they feel in this world, yeah, and how's the earthquakes? It's yeah. a beta testing. It's beta no, no, testing. No, 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 no. I promise that's no, such you know a good explanation. Oh, is sorry, no, sorry. You're, what? You're no, said, no, ten out of eleven. Obviously, <laughs> go on. So it's meant to be. Is it meant to be the the trains going past the shitty apartment? Is that? That's interesting. Ah, oh, it's like I a real world thing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was because she's experiencing like if he slapped her in the real world, she would. Feel, feel something like yeah. a, a her reaction. body would go in the yeah. other world. So I'm, I thought, being that they were in some dilapidated, shitty, rundown apartment in New York City, mm. statistically speaking, they're next to a train line. That's a, I, I feel like that's they, what it was. But now I'm contradicting my point. No, but I've, if if that was that if that was the case, they would have referenced it when they went to the real world. You would have seen it and heard it and seen yeah. the bed shake or something like that. Um, I, I, all I wish was we saw Chris Pine's character, Frank, in the real world. Imagine him as like a greasy, awful nerd. Well, that's what I mean. I think they could have used him so much better. It could have been longer. It could have been, there could have been more to it. I feel like it's, it's rushed. With the broadness of what the movie is taking on and the way that it, you know, gives him the, the Olivia Wilde talked about basing him or sorry, Katie Silverman, but also Olivia Wilde, how he was meant to be a kind of Jordan Peterson Probably if this movie had come out like six months earlier, they'd have said like an Andrew Tate type figure, right? Yeah. They were basing him around a very misogynistic red pill. Wait, the real right. the real world one or the one in the simulation? No, the, the one in the simulation. They're like, this is meant to be our Jordan Peterson, a guy who talks to disaffected men yeah. and gets them to feel better about claiming back what's theirs, you know? And all of which I say, like, absolutely great. I fucking, you know, Jordan Peterson sucks. And like, it would be excellent to see a good takedown of these sorts of things. I, mm. I do think they happen. Again, in my opinion, Barbie is that movie because it does. For me, I think just a much more uh, cohesive job of looking at feminism and uh, like hierarchies within the world in a more nuanced way, surprisingly, because it's such a bubblegum and like 
you know, sort of aesthetically bubblegum. Yes, but, and yet but I feel like comparing comparing this to Barbie is not I, fair and not what we're here to do. I agree with you, but I know we had that talk last week where we talked it, about Big Lebowski like, and Saving Private Ryan. And it's not that we compare those movies so we can go which one's better, but it's like, well, these are in the same conversation. They came out within like eight or nine months of each other. They're culturally relevant and they're exploring similar themes. And mm. I don't think Don't Worry Darling had enough of a grasp on its genre, on its characters, or genre. its execution. It's genre in order to really get the job done. <laughs> okay, well, what did you think about when Gemma Chan, who plays Shelley, who plays Frank's wife, yeah. when she just stabbed him and goes, stupid man? Yeah, I laughed. I thought that was really funny and well executed in a good part of a good movie. Well, he's- I was what? like, I honestly said, yeah, that may as well happen. Like, I had nothing else to give this movie that's at that point. so true. Yeah. It would have been, been nice if she'd had a couple of moments where you're going, oh, I think she hates her husband. That would have been nice because she just stabs him out of nowhere. At that point, she had stood up to stood up for him yeah. the entire film. Yeah, the idea right. I imagine is that she's a woman who's aware of the simulation, maybe and she lives in the real world, and she's helping to perpetuate patriarchy because it benefits her. She's like, you know, the the, the, the trope of the woman who pulls the ladder up. Who's Epstein's her. wife? Uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah. Yeah. Is it her? Uh, I don't know. Allegedly, I guess. Who is it? Oh, she's very much gone to jail. This one's a Nikki one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's hilarious. That's hilarious to talk about. Imagine they're like reading out, like the judge is looking at the case. He's like, oh, this is a really cute one. This is really cute. I'm willing, I'm always willing to, and and much as like our, our podcast format, right? That mm. such is our form. Sorry. You know what I mean? Such is life. Such I don't know life. if I do. <laughs> Sorry. Such is the format of our pod where I'm willing to compromise and I'm willing to listen to an argument. This is a film that I just can't. I hear what you're saying, but I feel so strongly about what a wasted opportunity this was and how tired I am of that, of reused ideas in this. And Harry Styles as a performance level. It just nothing was there for me, and I cannot. I should give it a lower score. Ooh, okay. What about Nick Kroll? Just quickly. I thought just it, quickly. I thought sure. it was. Yeah, I think he had his best scenes when he, because he's got a very wide background of a repertoire of different voices and things mm. he can do. And I think once he tapped into Lola from Big Mouth, that's when yeah. the scenes really took. He right. went. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that girl's getting away. She's gonna ruin everything. Frank's upset. No, listen. I, I think Nick Kroll. <laughs> We got him. We've really Nick, got to him Nick this time. Kroll was distracting as fuck in this movie, and I love Nick Kroll. And really? I'm, but yeah. hang on. I think no, this I was, thought he was quite good. Honestly, was I was surprised at how grounded he was. it was really strange casting. Really strange. But this was an opportunity, I think, for Nick to- How dare a comedian try to do dramatic well, role. You know what I mean? He, he was given nothing to do. He was a fucking like, model in the movie, and you just look at his face and go, yeah, that's Nick Kroll who said seven lines. Like, all yeah. you're going to do is- kind of, It's truly like putting- Ray Romano or Jerry Springer in a movie and giving Jerry him like Springer. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, who's Jerry. a very different person Jerry. and not Jerry Seinfeld. What about Jerry? Yeah, I was going to suggest Jerry Seinfeld maybe. Yeah. yeah. You, put, you put any like big comedic known person, you put John Mulaney in this movie and he's just like, you know, and it might sound a little something. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, but, but like, here's the thing. Nick Kroll's not, not a dramatic actor. He would take a – if that were us and yeah. we had a good comedic career with, you know, doing okay, yeah. wouldn't you want to take a role in a dramatic film? And you might go, it's small, it's a couple of scenes, it's a couple of days' work. 
Absolutely, I'd give it a shot. This, give me a go. This is not Let just, me show you my range. This is not dissimilar to the argument I heard, and I know it's a very different setting and situation, but when they had Ed Sheeran do a cameo on Game of Thrones, yeah. and I often yeah. would talk with people, and I'm going to be the first to admit that I was far too invested in Game of Thrones, and I was one of those annoying people that was like, for fucking, it was stupid having him in it. And all these years later, I'm just like, honestly, my take is it was just silly. But I off, I had conversations with people who were like, what, is he going to turn that down? Is he not going to take it? I'm like, of course he's going to take it. If he gets that offer and it's fine. It's just silly. Why is Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? It's an immediate moment mm. where you just go, I don't know what you're doing here. And it seems He's pointless. too famous for it. But I think Nick Kroll's Nick, not too famous for it. I agree. I, I agree with you. I agree that Nick Kroll is probably not the household name that's going to stand out to people. But for, to, for no, me, to no one else except for maybe. Maybe the people in this room. Yeah. Yes. And we're all that matters because it's our podcast. The, the, well, that's not true. <laughs> the opening scene wasn't too bad, though. I didn't mind that because it added, there was a bit of, like, it was atmospheric, right? Like the party scene where they're all. The party scene, and it was the martini just, glasses. Like, classic and 50s. You know, one scene I hated. I didn't mind that. Olivia, in that opening scene, she brings out a tray of martinis all stacked together. Yeah, yeah. And the martinis are maybe 20 mil of a drink. And I was like. Yeah. You're not. That's you. Are you a bartender? Are you a are you a housewife? You've done a terrible job on both accounts. Hmm. That's the that's the maddest I got at the film was the bad martinis. That checks out. And then she goes, "These three are mine." <laughs> Do you remember that bit? <laughs> <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. yummy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I didn't like is, is she was a bad mother. She was a bit like flipping with her kids. The one scene where she's like, "I'm going to well, call Santa," but then she was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're fine." She's put them but in then, the simulation but, knowingly. No, but then she was like. I'm in the simulation because I can be with my kids, you know. Oh, that's right, they're dead. (laughs) Which is like, if that was the case, wouldn't you be obsessed with them? Imagine that character point stretched out over a movie properly where we find that out 30 minutes in and then we see the tragedy of her dealing with knowing her kids aren't real but it's the only association she gets with them. What yeah. a profound character that would be as opposed to her like, all right, I've got it's like 50 doc- things to tell you in the next seven minutes. This is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's... um. Another bad film? Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I forgot about Scarlet Witch. Right. Well, that's oh, it's, it's the same. It's, more, it's the same. Yes, you're, you're absolutely. And like, what is it? WandaVision. Yes. WandaVision. But she got a whole season of television to live with that. And even though people say it was rushed in a, you know, I'm kind of feeling you guys about comparing two different movies on this one. <laughs> this, feels like, <laughs> this feels like a strange one to be putting <laughs> next, next to, to each next other. Next to WandaVision. Don't worry, darling. Doctor Strange and WandaVision. I mean. I, I don't know. I mean. It's, yeah, you're right. I, I don't find that this was overly thought-provoking or original. It, it I felt, preferred Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I don't yeah, know if this, that matters. Okay, well, if you, okay, this, if you guys hate this film so much, let's – who did we like in it? Who's our – MVP. Harry Styles. Okay. <laughs> He's just trying now. I'm yeah. just messing with <laughs> Florence, no. Well, Chris, Florence gave an exceptional performance. Of yeah, course, with, Florence. With the I feel like she was given. I feel like let's take Florence out of the picture. Of course she's yeah. MVP. She's, yeah. Yeah. she's a head above the rest. Maybe Chris Pine. Yeah. Just because he, you know, he does sell that dinner scene, and he has the magnetism to pull off what they're going for in the movie. I don't think it's particularly – I think the speech at the pool is really and, – and Okay, the, Tom, you're getting too into it. You're too in the reeds, no, man. No, I need to. The negativity is so f- bumming me out. Yeah, but that's because you like a bad movie, so you've set yourself up oh, this, So but- apologies for having different tastes to you. I um, accepted. I, I think the bus driver. <laughs> Where he's just like, I'm not allowed to go out there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, look – uh, second, it's a joint second, because obviously no Florence Pugh, I would say joint second between Chris and Olivia. Yeah, I would agree with that. God, this is so depressing. All right, well. I'm sorry, Pat. Does someone, no, does someone okay. have a trivia question, at least? Just okay. to, we'll, finish on, okay. we'll finish on a nice note. Oh, you've got, 
I, no, I don't. Oh, wait, yeah, I do for you. But I want to say, Frank, yeah. no, 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 because no, yeah. you've really enjoyed this movie and this has been maybe the most at odds we've been, right? Good. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had an amp like this. Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I kind of liked it. I think it's a good opportunity for us to like push our boundaries. Now, if sport. we were on the receiving end of it, like no, Frank, no, no, I want Frank to. Would Tom's be, obviously trying to get to a point here. I have really enjoyed discussing this movie with you because I think you've got a take on it that makes me see that there is more potential in it than I saw while I was watching it. Yeah, because you're an ass. Yeah, absolutely. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. I don't enjoy it anymore. Having no, spoken with you about it, great. But I'm really glad that you came in here and you were brave. Uh, But I don't. Oh my god! Do you? Okay, Marcus chose this film. Do we have some trivia? Yeah, I got a trivia question. Go on. There's a scene in this movie where Florence Pugh is glad wrapping her face. Oh shit! Pretty well made, uh, like sequence. I like that. Very haunting. Yeah. What is she glad wrapping before she glad wraps her face? Fuck. Oh, sorry. Yeah, language. Also aggressive language. She is glad wrapping. Oh, is it is it her tuna? No. No, because she says they say that Frank doesn't like tuna. She doesn't like tuna. It's a true life. You also don't like tuna, Frank. What? Is yes, that, I do. That was the stupidest uh, thing you've ever said. What is she wrapping? No, I, ca- I can't. I actually can't. She's glad to start with she does salad, like lettuce and uh yeah. and tomato. Yeah. And then after that she does slices of ham. So she's like glad wrapping <sighs> So I would have taken one of those. <sighs> But you did know that it was Dita Von Tees, so I think half a point for that. Thank you. That no, I appreciate good. that. Yeah. I think you. you did a wonderful job this episode, Marcus. I've really enjoyed cho- like talking with you about this. I think it's been <laughs> a really excellent experience. I don't know. I just I really like having these times together. Thomas, Frank, wait, Thomas. Frank, one sec. I'm just trying to talk to Marcus, all right? Terrible, uh, no, terrible trivia question, terrible outro. Hey, 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 that hey, was, hey, That hey. was Don't Worry, Darling. And let me on, be honest, you shouldn't worry about it. Through in the past. Thanks for listening to Throwing the Power. My name is Frank. My name is Marcus. I'm Tom. And I'm really mad at both of these guys for disagreeing with me. It's okay. It's okay, Frank. Don't, don't worry, baby. That's not the title. Hey, hey baby. <laughs> no, baby, we're calling you baby. Don't put baby in the corner. Don't worry, pal. Panic at the disco. Oh. Throw